Hello everyone, welcome to a new episode of Mahogany and Friends. Today is a really special episode because we're going to talk about finding your passion and the value of monetization of your work as a creative. Um, so with that said, let's talk. Our next guest is a mixed media artist who have had the pleasure of witnessing her work as a mentee at Parsons School of Design. Her work has consistent themes that explore the intricacy of belonging to an American, Kenyan, and Trinidadian identity. She aims to use her interdisciplinary concentration as a medium to address topics within her culture. Rotating between collage, painting, fashion design, screen, print, screen printing, you name it, her work is heavily inspired by the art of storytelling. So please join me in welcoming Jamila Akubo. Hi, Jamila. Hi, Tatiana. So first, I know I asked you this before we started um, shooting, but how are you? I'm good, you know, just taking it day by day, trying to create, being inspired, you know, by everything that's going on, you know, mm -hmm. just like channeling my energy into positive things mm -hmm. and things that'll help benefit like my community and people. So. Yeah, well, I love that. And definitely we want to honor you today and say thank you for continuing to do the work for your community um, in real life. Likewise. URL, yes, yes. <laughs> so I had the, like I said, I had the honor of, you know, being um, in spaces with Jamila and watching her growth as a young person has been really inspiring. So I'd love for you to share a little bit to, with the audience um, how you got started in mixed media and do you want to share a little bit about your background? Yeah, um, so I guess I, I've always been involved in the arts or like really a creative young person who just loves making with my hands, painting, dancing. I mean, I don't really dance anymore, but that's something that I enjoy on the nice. side, you know. Um, fact. <laughs> but I, right, I went to um, an arts high school uh, by the name of Duke Ellington School of the Arts, yes. which is predominantly Black. Um, at the time that I went so that was really motivating and inspiring to just have like black teachers and art teachers who were really invested in you know um, prepping me for my career or future in the arts and just showing me that it's possible to be a successful black artist so yeah. that really I think fueled my fire and like inspiration as far as like my um direction that i wanted to go in with my work mm -hmm. like i knew that i really loved like african textiles and wanted to be a part of that story you know or carrying that legacy um and so when i got to parsons i initially wanted to go for fine arts mm -hmm. but found um this program called inter sorry <laughs> integrated design um which was fairly new at the time that I, when I started, and I was like torn between fine arts and fashion and integrated design kind of offered that happy medium mm -hmm. or like a platform where I could figure out how to do both on my own terms. So I ended up going into that program and I took a lot of fashion design courses, which a lot of people would be surprised because it's like after like three or four years of like taking fashion design courses, <laughs> like I went I went back to painting for like my studio classes. I was like, Yeah, I did these illustrations that I really like and I just wanna hey. paint now, you know? <laughs> so I was like, Oh, okay. So spending like three years taking a bunch of fashion courses 
realizing I didn't want to work in the fashion industry. Like mm-hmm. I just didn't like how people were or were treated or like the hierarchy, you know, and starting yeah. at like an intern level and you got to slave your way up. Like, yes. It just was not for me after doing a few internships for different brands. I was like, yeah. <laughs> and maybe I don't have so the relatable. heart for it. <laughs> I was like, I don't have the heart for it, nor do I have the energy to, to suck up to anybody because I right. speak my mind. Let's call it what it is. Exactly. So, and I'm not the type to keep my mouth shut. So I was like, yeah, this isn't for me. Mm-hmm. I need something. I need a space where I can create and speak out and not feel hindered about it. And with my art, I can do that and talk mm-hmm. about whatever I want at whatever level of, you know, intimidation or just like, like you said, just realness and just speaking yeah. the truth. So I guess like I had some really great professors at Parsons who really saw something in my work and like really just tried to push me to like keep delving into my concepts and ideas and like inspiration behind storytelling and like looking into like African folklore and African-American folklore and just finding ways to use art as a way to share our stories or like pieces of our history that we never really knew about like yeah that is really important to me finding ways to like incorporate that into my work just Mm -hmm. for like people to see or take in even if it's it might not attract their eye at least it gets the conversation going or having people curious you know about like what do these symbols represent in my work things like that so right yeah well, you t- you touched on a lot of things, right? Oh, so I'm hearing, I'm hearing. No, 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 it's okay. I love it. I love it. There's so much to dissect there. Um, I know, like you talk a little bit about, you know, identity politics, and also like thinking about, you know, internship versus mentorship. Like, what's yeah. more, like, where do we, where do you see yourself navigating? And as a young person who also, you know, I graduated from integrated design, my major, and I also was exploring myself and really trying to figure out the yeah. and, and platforms that I wanted to use to to really deep, do a deep dive into the work that I was exploring around my own identity. So I think there's really something special to, to that conversation. And that yeah. leads me to asking about, you know, when did you know you could f- turn your, your passion and your work that you were doing into something that could be freelance and that you could actually push to clients? Like, how did you get started working with clients within your art and design? Honestly, when I was at Parsons, like, I would, you know, I had a Tumblr blog back then when, you know, Tumblr was, like, really popping, I guess. Because mm-hmm. I, start, I started it in high school after, uh-huh. like, Blogspot wasn't popular anymore. I was like, oh, what's Tumblr? Everyone's talking about <laughs> Tumblr now. So I, I still didn't get on the Tumblr wave. Really? Oh, my God. I missed it. Was- it. <laughs> That's okay, you know, we have Instagram now, at least, you know, and Twitter, (laughs) but (laughs) I mean, it's still, like, Tumblr was, like, a community of, like, Black folks that I did not know exist in the world kind of thing, Mm. you know, like, young Black creatives who were all on the same wave of just trying to find themselves and express themselves through art, so... I feel like I'm getting off topic. What was the question? No, no, no. I was just interested. No, I love this. I, I, I just, you're so multifaceted and you were someone who really knew what they wanted right early on. Oh, yeah. So, 
how mm -hmm. how did you know that you could use that opportunity of monetizing your work and finding clients within your art and design prices yeah okay so basically yeah. what i was trying to say is like i started a tumblr and i really kept you know committed to um updating my tumblr page for myself and for who any anyone else who like wanted to watch my journey Mm -hmm. um, I wanted to document my time at Parsons and what I was creating, how I was feeling, my experiences in my classes and like, you know, connecting the dots between what I was learning and like what I wanted to do with what I was learning, which right. essentially was like the groundwork of integrated design. So, yes. you know, <laughs> so I just after that, like, I think people started to like discover my work on Google or Tumblr maybe by like how I use hashtags because I would always mm -hmm. hashtag like black art, African art, my name, like black illustrations, anything that was like black this, you know, like. Yeah. And I guess like certain clients would look up black art on Google <laughs> and I would pop up. And my first gig, like from just my projects that I was doing at Tumblr, I mean, <laughs> at Parsons, uh -huh. um, was gotcha. for this French underwear <laughs> company and they wanted me to do some illustrations for their one of their collections um mm -hmm. so that was like my first experience where I was like holy shit I can actually make money from doing illustrations and this was something that I never really thought about like of course I had already had experience from Duke Ellington with like selling my original artwork mm -hmm. because they made us have like a end of the year senior showcase and all the paintings from our series that we did uh were for sale and like I made a few sales so I was like okay like that's what made yeah. me want to do fine arts but then I found out like illustration like you can do a lot with illustration and mm -hmm. go into different paths and work for different clients and create content for them so I was like okay I'm just gonna keep creating black art and just illustrations that I'm really inspired by and like at the time like I still had a love for fashion but wanted mm -hmm. to figure out how I can like you know combine the two art with right. fashion or illustrating fashion you know garments or whatever and I took a fashion illustration course but like I just I don't know it didn't stick with me so I just did my <laughs> own thing after that I was like yeah these little Say like it. seven heads <laughs> and seven nine heads oh I know this story <laughs> I was just like, you know what? I don't think this is for me. I'm kind of like just doing my own thing. And recently, it's funny because I had a conversation uh, with this artist who was helping me with like my artist um, statements and writing. Mm -hmm. And she was saying like, you are, you can, you know, consider yourself an illustrator, but at the same time, you are an interdisciplinary or like fine artist who these clients come to for your artwork. Right. And now that I think about it, it is true because like, yes, maybe clients will come to me with like a concept in mind mm -hmm. or like the theme that they need this artwork for, but it's really up to me. They give me the creative freedom to create. So it's not always like, we want you to create this exact thing. Right, there's a this. lot of freedom. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which, you know, gives me my voice with my work. So, well, I love I that. Like, mm -hmm. 
Well, speaking of collaborations, um, I'm going to do a shameless plug for you. Um, I know you're super <laughs> humble, but you, you also recently collaborated with Dior and you've done work with clients like Oprah Magazine and design book covers for like an, an American marriage. How does your creative input and personal voice differ between client work, collaborations, and commissions? Can you talk a little bit about the difference between the, the few of those? You know, those are separate categories of work. So someone like you who's so, you know, disciplined in, in so different areas, I'd love for you to share with everyone, like, how does your personal voice and creative input differ? Honestly, I feel like I haven't had too many jobs or gigs where I've had to you know shut off parts of like my creative input um, mm -hmm. for you know client client specific projects I mean like I'm trying to think of one really the only thing that differs is if I've had a client who wants something very specific mm -hmm. um, like literally it's like I want you to recreate this image of this person or you know yeah it's still kind of even though that's like their input and their idea it still feels like I kind of have creative control mm -hmm. over it um other than that I feel like that's really the difference or like I've um I used to work for this Burmese restaurant uh before it became a restaurant and I ended up years later which was like maybe last year mm -hmm. uh i designed the tabletops for them so they were like That's so cool. inspired textiles so you know like i used my um academic background or knowledge mm -hmm. to like do that project but that's well, really I'm, just the difference, I guess you could yeah, say. Yeah, I mean, I think that's interesting, too, you know, because it's a little refreshing also to hear you as a Black woman, as an artist, tell us that, you know, you aren't being restrained from, like, having your your voice be um implemented into the work that you're doing they, these clients yeah. aren't asking too much of you to you know shift or you know take away from the original piece that you're working on so i think that yeah. that's that's also something not to not to dismiss that those that's always the case but i think right. it's refreshing to hear you say you know like that i actually have built this you know, platform for myself to to really speak volume to my work, and my work speaks for itself. And yeah. you know, clients trust you enough to you know do that work, and that's that's pretty unique. You know, like let's call yeah. it that, call it what it is. Yeah, I mean, most clients usually when they reach out to an illustrator or artist, they know what they want. At least right. most clients, like they'll reach out to you with like a deck or like mm -hmm. at least a mood board of like images of your work that okay. you know they're looking to go into that direction i mean i would say the difference actually with between like my creative work and like working for clients is the revision process that's mm -hmm. not always easy because mm -hmm. yeah. you might be going oh, in I've, one direction i know <laughs> and they're like go far left sis and you're like okay <laughs> even though I've already started and I'm damn near finished but all right scratch this well I love that I'm glad you said that because I was gonna ask you like where do you usually draw your inspiration from and like does that compromise on differing views from you versus the client or where do you draw your boundaries and your creative compromise like can you share a little bit because I think you were touching yeah. on that now 
usually you know I've had to learn after like working with so many different clients and I'm still learning honestly Mm -hmm. because every project and timeline differs so it's kind of hard but it is nice to like at least have a foundation or like a foundation idea set in place Mm -hmm. um you know like I try to say or tell my client like I give up to like two to three revisions you know Mm -hmm. and after that I charge for my time you know because at least by then we should have we should be on the same path by then or at least figured out which direction we're trying to go in because I've had situations where it's like I didn't do that and we were just going back and forth (laughs) and then they were like yes that was just me recently And then they're pressuring you as the creative to get it done. And I'm like, well, you took two weeks to give me feedback. Um, You're slowing down my creative process. So I, girl, you preach it to the choir. (laughs) Yeah. I've had some awful experiences. Actually, pretty awful. I won't talk about who the clients are. That's okay. Like, (laughs) you know, there's also this expectation from clients. Um... I don't know if it's like they have this like stereotype about artists because we're just so creative and expressive. We just go with the flow that we're just going to go with their flow. Right. And then their flow ends up being that they're hitting you up at like 11 p.m. Mm. or 12 a.m. or on the weekends. Like, hey, can you make these edits? I just spoke to my team and they're like, you know, we need this ASAP. Can you do this? And then it comes to pay time. They're nowhere to be found. And it's like, what happened to that same energy of like you needing this on time and you matching that with paying me on time? Right. You know? And I know this might be asking a little bit much, but I think this could be super helpful in uh, like information to, you know, freelancers or creatives out there. I know for me, how I negotiate my contracts is 50 up, um, 50 halfway through the project and then 50 after the completion. Is that something that you, is that a model you follow on or what what, like would you share with um, folks out there? I mean, I normally either ask for 50 up front and you don't need, do not be shy about it. Mm-hmm. Like, what's that saying? A closed mouth don't get fed? That is the <laughs> truth. Because there are so many times where I've not spoken up about my needs. Like, you right. always have to make sure you're speaking up about your needs. Because yes. they damn sure will tell you everything they need right. and when they need it. So right. it's like, in order for you to work as a team and everything to work out, you might as well set them straight from the start too. So yeah, mm-hmm. I usually ask for 50 up front and, and tell them that that's how I work and mm-hmm. that's the only way things will get started. Or I might do like an illustration fee or a design fee up front, mm-hmm. you know, and then like they can pay me once the project is complete. So it really, okay. it varies, but like, well, know. I love that. I think that, yeah, I think it's important. I don't feel like enough people talk about the behind the scenes, like admin stuff that takes place. You know, we're not in traditional nine to five roles, but they they are still nine to five type kind of work. So, you know, that stuff still needs, we still need to learn the language and also have the, you know, the courage to, to speak and have the 
etiquette via email to talk about these things, right? Because again, yeah. like we're artists, but we're this is still our, you know, if you choose to make it a business, it's still important to to know how to, you know, negotiate and talk through those things. Um, exactly. The last thing I want to touch on. Oh, did you have something you wanted to add? Yeah, I yeah. wanted to share this book that I literally like this was for me when I started out like Mm -hmm. this was like my holy grail bible you know for like learning about contracts and pricing Mm -hmm. my work as a freelance illustrator who was just getting started Mm -hmm. um it's called the graphic artist guild handbook pricing and ethical guidelines there's several editions of it um you can buy it on their web, the website, uh, Graphic Art Guild, um, and they basically have like rates based on project types, mm-hmm. whether it's like you're doing mural design or illustrations for editorial or for a campaign or for a concert or whatever. There's so many different things, and then they also have like contract templates, and it's literally about a two-inch thick book, but cool. it's like. Thank you for the plug. Worth, worth buying. $44, and do you mind? So. Okay. Well, again, investing in yourself. So, I mean, if yeah. you can afford to, to buy the book, do you mind sharing with us again the title one more time just for the. Yeah. The Graphic Artist Guild Handbook Pricing and Ethical Guidelines. Nice. It talks nice. about so much. So. Yes, I mean, I'm going to go pick up the book myself. You know, it's too much information. Um, Well, I I love that you've talked through um, all of the different clients that you had. And I, it wouldn't be right if I went without mentioning your um, speaking about doing work for the culture. I know you had did a collaboration with Pierre Moss. Um, Do you want to talk us through a little bit about that and share as much as you'd like? I mean, that? that was... It just felt like really good, like an honor, honestly. It looked like, really good. So. I keep saying like, I'm like, <laughs> that's how excited I was to like work with the Pierre Moss team and to like actually speak to Kirby and, mm-hmm. um, and like the other team members, a friend, a mutual like friend, um, she was doing photography for them, Amanda. Mm-hmm. And she reached out to me um, and like, she also, it's really great. You never, like, you should always keep in contact with your network or people that you yeah. just know, because you never know who ends up working where and like mm-hmm. how you all can help each other in your career I or just that. in life in general, you know? Because mm-hmm. I think I met her when I was like in college at Parsons through social media, I think. But yeah, it was just really great working with them and it was a tight deadline but like I didn't care because I was like I'm gonna do this <laughs> I'm gonna work all night all morning on these illustrations for them because you know it just felt really empowering to mm-hmm. be a part of that and then see yeah. the show you know it was just like it was really cool and they were really cool like, I love that yeah Honestly, because something that I, you know, me and my girlfriends talk about behind closed doors is like, it's it's definitely a difference between working with, you know, outsiders versus working with your folks. 
And I still feel like we, as a, you know, as a community, specifically as Black folks, like, I, I wish there was more of us putting each other on. Now, how do you feel about that? Because I, you know, I'd be questioning myself. I'd be like, am I just bitter? Or is it just not my time? Like, what is it? Like, you know, because I feel like we, as a community, it's hard. I know it's like we all want, you know, the best for each other. But sometimes I find myself feeling like I don't want to be the only one in a room, right? Like, I don't want to be the only one. I'm tired of that. And honestly, um, I like, I like to have like a little spreadsheet or list or even a mental note of like all my friends who are creative or like mutuals that that I know who are Black creative. Mm-hmm. And I will, if I'm not able to do a project, I will recommend other Black women artists or just Black artists in general mm-hmm. um, for clients to reach out to because I'm like, oh, their work is really great. I'm not able to do the project, but you should reach out to them. And then also my friend Mia Coleman, who also went to Parsons yes, I know Mia. for communications design, um, she started a site. I guess it's like a portfolio. Not a portfolio. Like a directory kind of thing. For- yes. Mm-hmm. A directory for like black artists, mm-hmm. you know, creative of in different fields. And I even have I've actually referred a client to that directory. I'm like, you know, That's like amazing. I'm not able to do this project, but check out this directory. There are amazing different, you know illustrators who have different styles I'm sure you'd be able to find someone to create work for you and for future projects too so it's like trying to plug in that um oh shit no you're good sorry oh I thought like I had a call coming in and then yeah no worries um but yeah like I just think it's great to plug in your friends or people that you know it always feels good being able to do that or even like collaborating with friends like yeah a few years ago I collaborated with a friend of mine who I went to high school with and she ended up going to FIT for fashion design and then years later we collaborated on like a puffer coat with like yes, my illustration that. That was so pretty. and Cara DeVoe her brand is called X DeVoe and like it was just so cool to like do that and then we collaborated with our other friend who we went to high school with mm-hmm. who's a dancer and she modeled the coat for us it was just That's like amazing. so refreshing and fun you know because you want to be with the people that you were you know grew up mm-hmm. with or like mm-hmm. started from the bottom with <laughs> you know <laughs> so it's always nice like you said to like just be able to collaborate with your people or friends you know well, I, I appreciate your honesty and your input on that because I don't, I feel like it's something, again, that's still a little not thrown under the rug. It's thrown under the rug, not really talked about enough. And yeah. so I want to still open up the floor for people to, to to know that those feelings are valid and like we should yeah. continue to ask ourselves those questions of like, how can we be better around community building and, you know, thinking about how we can uplift one another. So I really love that. Um, yeah. But just to, oh, did you want to say him? Well, yeah, no, yeah. I was going to say, honestly, something that I've observed or even noticed in the industry when certain people make it, mm-hmm. they started creating and collaborating with their circle. Yes. And then they've made it together, honestly. Yes. That's what I've noticed with a lot of 
different brands or people doing cool things Mm -hmm. in the fashion and art world and music world you know started in somebody's basement or started at somebody's college or you know so Mm -hmm. definitely I would say keep pushing you know to create these spaces with your friends wherever whoever you are yeah no that's that's faxes I don't know how else to say it (laughs) (laughs) but um, not I want to pivot a little bit and talk a little bit about um your use of color and and fashion and how you tell stories um we recently spoke to a filmmaker Tara Oliaye and asked her the question which we're curious to know your answer to as well of like how do you use color and fashion to tell your your story can you talk Mm. a little bit about that like anything around Mm-hmm. with color honestly I work with colors that bring me joy <laughs> um colors that I'm drawn to that evoke an emotion for me or like I pick colors to evoke certain emotions or feelings um so that's how I really work with color it's I would say based on instinct and like what I'm drawn to the most at the time mm-hmm. um as far as fashion which I feel like I'm still like delving into and exploring how I want to use that to um, show, ex- you know, creative expression or freedom. Um, mm-hmm. I'm really interested in like using patterns to tell stories. So finding ways to weave that into like um, creating these representations of black bodies or figures or people. Mm-hmm. Um, in the way that they express themselves with how they dress, you know? Fashion is like a huge part of our culture, our being, you know, for years. So I think it's important to like include in my work. And it just makes me happy also. So I love fashion. So it's a part of who I am. It's a part of me as an artist. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I, you know, I've built a love-hate relationship with the fashion industry itself, but, you know, I definitely believe there's opportunity for growth, and I think us as a people, we, you know, we always know how to finesse, and, and I think that that should, that's going to be something that I look forward to seeing more um, as us as creatives of color, um so speaking of exploration do you have anything that you're currently in the work that you have currently in the works or upcoming i'm actually working on a new series of works um that i'm excited about and nervous because like i'm in a different space right now as far as like my career mm-hmm. or i feel like i am at least like i recently during this pandemic um or right before mm-hmm. I became represented by a gallery uh, by mm-hmm. Mahari Saquar gallery so I've just been focusing on creating new works and kind of like staying low you know keep just like in the studio every other day or so as much as I can to just work yeah. on this new body of work and just explore working with different mediums and kind of like re vamping myself as an artist 
So it's like I'm going through like a transformation. I love that. I was just about to say, you know, as artists, specifically, we know we think about cultural moments like this one. I don't know if it's cultural is more political, but yeah. um, I still I still think there's something really special as artists on like how we can also learn to pivot and adapt to the times. You know, that's yeah. what, that's what we do naturally. But, uh, you know, I think that we should also honor that in these moments, we also can be transforming and kind of seeing what else is out there for us to to still thrive in a space, in a yeah. market um, that means well, means well by us and how we can still stay true to ourselves. So yeah, I love that's that. the ultimate goal, honestly. So yeah. yeah, that's one of those like go with the waves or go with the flow mm -hmm. and embrace, embrace the change, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, I love that. Well, Jamila, it's been such a pleasure talking to you. Likewise. My last question is going to be, how can the community connect with you online? Um, so you can follow me on Instagram at Jamila Okubo. Um, I don't know if I should spell my name or not. Uh, I'll, I'll be sure to add it in the description, so don't worry. Okay. Yeah, so you can follow me on Instagram at Jamila Okubo um, if you want. You can follow me on Twitter, but honestly, that's just where all my shenanigans happen. So if hey, you try to connect we, with me on a personal level, <laughs> my Twitter is Viva Illa Jam. We want to get the best of both worlds, so. Well, then there you go. <laughs> um, and my website is jamilaokubo.co. Nice. Well, thank you, Jamila. Thanks, everyone, for listening and tuning in for today's Thank episode. you. And I will see you guys in the next one. Bye.